let us pray. Our precious Father, we thank you again for the privilege to gather tonight to listen to your word. We are trusting you with this teaching that you will teach us by your spirit. That Lord, you will open our eyes and cause us to hear, cause us to see what you are saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight we are going straight to second part of the need for right focus in prayer. And not just in prayer, but in our Christian life. The Lord Jesus said, let your eye be single. You've got to really focus properly. So we need to do some reminders because these things are important. So it's, it's important for us, like we said, to focus correctly. The scriptures say, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and to keep his word in view, to focus on his word. Let them not depart from your eyes. Looking unto Jesus, how do you look unto Jesus? Through his word. Through his word. The written word reveals the living word to us. The written word reveals the living word to us. Jesus said the scriptures were written. They are the things that bear witness of him. He bears witness of him. So the scripture says, looking unto Jesus. And how do you do that? Look unto the word. Keep it in view. Let them not depart from our eyes. You meditate on it day and night. <clears throat> and so we say that the blessing of the Lord is his presence with a man through our Lord Jesus Christ and his word which the man walks in. That's the blessing. The blessing. The thing that makes the blessing work is the presence of the Lord and his word active in the life of a man. That is the blessing of the Lord that make it rich that makes a man rich spiritual things, rich in character, not just money, rich in character, rich in influence, rich in good success, rich in wisdom, rich in wisdom, rich in wisdom. And these things are the things that are very, very critical that we must understand them, that when we talk of blessings, we're not just talking of money, we're talking of other things that are of value that helps us live our life to the maximum and fulfill divine mandate upon our lives. He said the blessing of the Lord, the blessing, one word. And so we emphasized that last Thursday so we don't make any mistake about that. He make it rich. does not ask for means It does not add toil. does not add toil to it. does not add sorrow. Jesus said, hey, stop in all this toil. Give me your labor and give me, let me give you rest. Rest. Not toil. Rest. Okay? So, and um, we read that Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, he make it rich, and he added no sorrow with it. Then we said, what is the blessing? Second Corinthians 4, 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Paul called this light, this revelation in us, great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So the light reveals to you God that is in you that is doing these things, that is doing these things, that's making the blessings manifest in the life of a Christian. Colossians 2, 3 says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Moses knew this, and Moses said to God, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Why, Moses? How will anyone know that we, you look favorably on us, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us for your presence? 
It's not the bag of money. It's not the connections you have. It's not your degree. It's not, these are wonderful. You can have all the degrees you want to study about. It's none of those things. It's not, it's not I know how to do that. It's none of those things. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. That's what makes the difference. His presence walking in my life and your life sets us apart. Nothingness. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The Holy Spirit calls the gift of Jesus unspeakable gift. And then our TPT says praise God for his astonishing gift which is far too great for words. Nothing compares with this. We realize divine values. Nothing compares with the blessing. Nothing. The things we get on this earth, they are temporal. They will die. We leave them here and go. Look at Matthew chapter 13, 44. Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. Now, this is TPT. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field upon finding it. He hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. See what he's talking about? This guy had fields and things until he found this one treasure. Every other thing lost in value. He was prepared to sell them. That's what I was sharing yesterday at the Believer's Meeting. See, those people who followed Jesus because of bread, and they didn't know him. Oh, they didn't know him. To them, he was just where to get bread. They didn't know him. He was trying to show them, I am the manna from heaven. I have bread that can feed you. You won't touch it. He was teaching them something, who he is. They didn't know him. You know what they did? They, they left. They left. Seventy people left his church. They didn't know him. They just didn't know him. And how many people come to church who don't know Jesus? Matthew 13 says in verse um, 45, Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel. A jewel merchant in search of a rare purse. When he discovered one, not two, one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately, 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 immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. You don't beg somebody who has found the jewel to come to church to worship God. You don't beg. He's excited. He found something thrilling. He found something extremely thrilling. Something heaven that is not normal. It's not, it's not the kind of things you see around here. Everything gives way just for this one treasure, the presence of God. We sing it. The spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than good. Unfortunately, the church has been blinded. Blinded. Most of our prayer topics is about things of this world. You should pray about them. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray about them, but priorities must be right. Must be right. So, that's what, uh, look at what happened then in Genesis 39.5. Why? Joseph became, we're just talking about blessed. we channels of blessing. God is really looking for channels to bless people. In Genesis 39.5, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and the overall that he had, that the Lord, the blessing, manifested the blessings. That the Lord, the blessing, Jesus said, without me, nothing happens. The blessing, 
that the Lord blessed the Egyptians out for Joseph's sake. Joseph became a channel. How come? How, how can it not happen in your family? God, the Lord told me something. He said, listen, anything you see me do is what I do. I don't change. He said, I don't change. If this is what God did, I'm asking myself, my family should also be blessed. Wherever I step upon, that blessing manifests because God is no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. When he challenged us about prayer, I said, Elijah is a man like all of you. I'm not a respecter of persons. So he became a channel of blessing. And the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord was upon the anointing, the presence, the manifest power that make it rich was upon, was upon, was upon all that he had done in the house and in the field. And why was it so? Look at Genesis 39, 2 to 4. The Lord was with Joseph. That's all. That's what Moses said. He said, how can we be distinguished from others if your presence does not go with us? I don't know how many Christians would value on the presence of the Lord. That would cure us from being reckless with what, how we live. How many put value? One of the things that I, I talk to the Lord about is, say, Lord, we're not seeing your manifest power, your glory. We're not seeing it. Something is wrong. Not with you, but with us. We're not seeing the gifts of the Spirit. We're not seeing these things that distinguishes the church from other people. I read somewhere, I was during one of these pandemics, that Amy Simple, Mark Fasten, founder of us, was a woman, went on healing rampage. When they said, you don't move, you don't do this, he said, God heals. He went out and started praying for the people they were being healed. Thousands through that. Revival broke. It was opportunity for the world to see alternative power, alternative kingdom demonstrated by a, a, a girl who wasn't even tall. When they say women could, couldn't preach, he went out with the presence of God in the midst of pandemic. And she said, I'm buying that place they built, they built Angelus Temple. The people say we're not selling. He said, all right. It wasn't long, an earthquake hit California. You can Google this. It hit California. The epicenter was that very spot, that building. The people sold it in a hurry, ran away. Epicenter was that very, the people, you don't want to own an earthquake zone. They sold it quickly. There hasn't been an earthquake there since then. The presence of the Lord. Why don't we get hungry for this thing? The Lord was with Joseph, period. That was all. Now Luke chapter 13, 29. I repeat it. Don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. This our prayer topic list is going to be full of this again. It's going to be full of this again. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living. But your heavenly father knows your every need and will take care of you. That one. Each and every day he will supply your needs. Jesus said, give us this day our daily needs. As you seek his kingdom passionately above all else. We, we must understand that when God gives instruction, that's it. Father, follow it. You're wasting your time. He says, seek my, my kingdom. If you want to see these things that Joseph saw. Seek my kingdom, not just seek it, passionately, passionately. Colossians 3.1. You just read, reminding us these things that are very important. Colossians 3.1. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn. See the language? We are to yearn for all that is above. 
all that is above. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, all honor, all authority. It's there. So yearn for it. Jesus says, seek heavenly things, the kingdom of God, passionately. Not average, passionately. He sends signal to heaven, I want this thing. Verse 2. Yes, feast on all the treasures of heavenly realm. All the treasures of heavenly realm. We should feast on them and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. And not with the distractions of this natural realm. Let's go and see. You know, it's so easy to know where your focus is. It's not too difficult. I'll show you how you know. It's not too difficult. Number one, your words will reveal where your focus is. Because the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth uh, speaks. Now, the things you highlight in your heart. You see, if you take, if you take my book and I highlight some things, you see it immediately. Immediately you open my book, you see what I colored. The things you highlight in your heart will show your word. Easy. Everybody dealing with you will know where your focus is. Because that's what you highlight in your heart. Those things you highlight will show up in the words. In your prayer, will show up there. If you listen to yourself, you can tell if you are wrongly focused or not. It will reveal it to you. Number two, if your mind focuses on other things, it will be highlighted in your heart and all your talk about, all you talk about will be athletics. No time for the things of the spirit. No passionate seeking. You talk about fashions. bothers you. <laughs> for, for the life of me, who cares about fashion? There's, a, there's another fashion God said we should bother about. He said, let, let, let your appearing not be all this uh, appearing of earrings and how you look as I said, the beauty of the inner man. That's divine fashion. You want to know that there's fashion of divine fashion? The beauty of the inner man. The, the scripture says, it is of high price before God. High price before God. Why should the fashions of this world be my body? Why should I listen to what the devil is bursting out? Why? Where does it take me? What difference does it make? How does it make the presence of God, the blessing manifest? I don't know. But that's what I highlight in my life. The world has become my focus. So I highlight it. I mean, if you see me, you know that I love the world. I love all the budget. Man, I have it. Talk about politics. All you talk about is politics. politics. Do you know Jesus lived in the time of the most oppressive government? He never even talked about it. You can talk about a, 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 a government that will wipe out children just to get to kill him. He never bought, he didn't talk about it. He wasn't involved in their politics. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. The Bible says, fix your attention on, on heavenly realm. Where there is power, honor, and glory. But if, you, if, you, if your mind is focused wrongly on the worldly things, all you talk about is politics. Politics, politics. I don't see any scripture that tells Christians to bother about politics. You should, be, you should, you should exercise your right as a citizen. But that should not be what you highlight in your heart. should not highlight it. So immediately I see you, I see the, what you highlighted. It's coming out from your mouth. It's politics, argument, politics, argument, politics. That's what has filled your heart. That's wrong focus. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world. Distractions of this world. So that he may fully satisfy the one who chooses. All my mentors that I take seriously in my life have mentioned one thing. 
You have warned about television and newspaper. We go forth, we will not let you bring newspaper into his house. He will tell you, keep it up. I don't want to hear. And Hagen said, if you listen to all these television things, you, you have melancholy. Pastor Kumui said, these things are devil's box. All the people I take seriously in my life, and their lives are proving that the presence of God who has been working actively in their life have warned about the source of your information. Distractions of this world refocuses you. And if you are focused on yourself and the things that upset you all the time, <laughs> it will be highlighted in your heart now. You'll be quarrelsome because you're angry, upset about this, upset about this, upset about this. It didn't go the way I wanted to go. Then you're upset. Immediately, you are dealing with somebody. That highlight will show. To show. Because you're full of grumbling, complaining. It will show. Take your book. Anything you highlight will show. Your focus can be seen. Easily. You don't have to go to school. And there's something it overwhelms you, drives you into depression, affects your spiritual life. What they did to you, they didn't do to you. Sometimes scatters marriages. Scatters marriages. I remember one time I was going to church planting, was going to Lambasa. Lambasa then was a village, didn't have a lot of people. And I would leave very early to be able to drive about two hours through Todd Mainland Bridge to go to those people, those places that this Lalaye people were working, were operating. And my wife was concerned that I was leaving too early. And then she would, she would raise her concern. And I would say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work of God. I don't need, I need, I need, I need you to encourage me not to discourage this, this. I would say things like that. And one day I went very early. And then I stopped by at Bethel. This church called Bethel. They have closed down now. I was there. I said, let me wait here a little bit. They had early morning service and they were preaching about men who don't honor their wives. I said, yeah, this is the kind of people. I said, the Lord said to me, I brought you here. You're one of them. I said, really? He said, you're one of them. He said, why shouldn't your wife be concerned about your safety? Why can't you walk in humility and listen to your wife? Even if she's wrong, she deserves respect. Not the language. He said, you are so arrogant and cannot. I, I stood there and cried like a baby. So if you are focused on yourself, you'll be so upset easily because things don't go the way you want it. You get upset very quickly. It will show. So if you are focused on anything that is not in, in the realm of the kingdom, it will be seen. Your action, your prayer, the way you behave, everything. We showed it. Luke 6, 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. If he's focused properly, to be seen. That which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. It's easily known. For of the, of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And, and then you know when your, when your mind is highlighting who Jesus is, when it's highlighting his glory, when you're focused on him, you forget yourself. When you find him, that is your completeness. If they take your shoe, you give them more. You give them more. Oh, Jesus said, when you find that treasure, you sell everything and give it away. Say, give it away. Because you found it, your sufficiency is right here. This is the treasure. Jesus said, when you drink this, you don't thirst again. They take your shoe. He said, I have another one. You want more? Please have it. No upset. How can you? Didn't we read about, about uh, Stephen? Were they not stoning him? Was he upset? Was he focused on the Lord? Jesus said, I'm here. He was studying, he was praying that God will forgive him. It didn't matter what they did to him. He found the treasure. He gave up his life for it. He found that treasure. Then he found the treasure. His life didn't matter. Paul said, I'm ready to die. My life doesn't mean anything anymore. I have found him. He's my life. That's the value that completes me. That's the value that completes me. 
it is highlighted in his life. You see the highlight where his so-called is highlighted, highlighted. And then, you know, you live in faith. This is real faith now. You live in faith. Faith is not just to get and get, get. You live in real trust and confidence. In. That's where you live in love. Because he said, if you love me, you will love others. That's where you discover him. You will love him with all your heart. You know, I asked God, I said, do I really love you? Is it because I'm a pastor I'm doing all these things? Because I ask myself serious questions. I don't want to deceive myself. I say, Lord, am I doing these things because I'm a pastor? Because sometimes it's because you're a pastor you're doing all these things. The day you are no more a pastor, stop. It's not motivated by genuine love for him. There's no sacrifice there. Now, if you wrongly focus, your sense of achievement will be based on the earthly realm, and you venerate things you have achieved and the, and the means of achieving them. If you are wrongly focused, your sense of achievement will be based on earthly realm, and you venerate things you have achieved and the means of achieving them because you think that the blessing. You, you, you venerate whatever you think is the blessing. You, anything you think is the blessing itself from your source from which you are getting anything, you venerate that at the expense of the real blessing. Revelation 3.14. Revelation 3.14. Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea. For these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. That's Jesus. <laughs> and I know all that you do. In case you think I don't know you, I know you very well. And I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. How I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are neither cold nor hot but lukewarm, I'm about to split you, spit you from my mouth. For you claim I'm rich. See? See? I'm rich. I'm getting richer. So I don't need a thing. So I don't even need the blessing. Because I found the blessing is my money. I'm rich. And I'm getting richer. And so that's my completeness. Getting richer. Yet you are clueless that you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, you are barren and naked. I told you, when you are wrongly focused, your sense of achievement will be based on the happy realm and you venerate the things you have achieved and the means of achieving them. You it's inevitable. You venerate them. You really venerate them. Look at this man. He said, I'm rich, I'm getting rich, I don't need a thing. This is what is key in my life, man. This is what works for me. Verse 18 says, so I counsel you to purchase gold affected by fire so that you can be truly rich. So, you know, purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase ourselves to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. Now, it says, all those I dearly love, I unmask and train. The chastisement of the Lord comes this way. It says, stop this thing. We'll finish you. I tell them, I say, everything we're doing is a road. It has a destination. Either leads to life, leads to, leads to death. One of them, but not both. And in Deuteronomy 8.15, God warns us about venerating ourselves and, and what we have as the blessing. He, he wants, don't do that. He says, Deuteronomy 8.15, do not forget that he laid you through the great and terrifying witness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. Don't forget these things now. Don't think my hand has done this. And he said, don't do that now. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you. So you don't venerate yourself or anything except him. And test you for your own good. He did all of this so you will never say to yourself, 
I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Say, so don't do that. Remember, the Lord your God, he is the one, the blessing who produces the blessings. He's the one who gives you power to be successful. He said of Joseph, he said the blessing was resting upon him. The anointing, the power, the manifest presence of God was resting upon him. When you hear God says this was resting upon him, means it is active in his life. It's active in his life. Now look at Herod and the people of Tyre and Sidon. Acts 12, 20. Now Herod and had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made blasters, the king's personal aid their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by King Herod. So they thought Herod was the blessing. I'm telling you, anything you think is the blessing, you, you venerate that thing. I don't care what it is. You are going to do that because it, it, that's this natural thing with man. So now they came to Herod in, in, because why? Because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. In verse 21, so on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal approach, sat on his throne, and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting. They kept shouting. They didn't stop. The voice of a God and not a man. They were venerating this man. Why? They say he's the blessing. He's feeding us. He's the one feeding us food. Verse 23. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Because he did not give glory to the God who is the source. Not him. And he was eaten by worms and died. Remember Israel? When God told Moses, you know, they were beaten by snake because they sinned. And God sent snake to beat them. And God said to Moses in Numbers 21, and Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now, to, t- to show you that if you, don't fo- if you don't focus on the blessing, whatever you think is the blessing, you venerate it and worship it. I don't care the style you use. Now, <clears throat> after this thing healed them, Israel started worshiping that. Second Kings 18.3. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, did. I'm talking of Hezekiah now. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groups and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. Why did he break it to pieces? For until those days, the children of Israel did burn incense to eat. See, this, this is a healer. He's healing us. Whoa. We do it with people. We chase so-called, you know, men of God. We venerate them, worship them, because we think they're the healer. No human being is the healer. No human being is the healer. Only Jesus is. Once you, your focus is wrong, it will show in your, in your sense of veneration of things. Verse 5, talk of Hezekiah. Look at verse 5. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, not in the brazen. He broke it to pieces. He said, this is not the healer. Because he healed you then. It's not the healer. God used it then. You see, and this, this kind of ref- focusing wrongly leads to lack of reverence for God. Brethren, let me say something. It's sad, but the generation of Christians, my, my mentor said this many years back, that there's a move of God this generation will never see because they don't honor God, and it's true. The Lord, I sat here on Sunday, the Lord said to me, he said, do you know that people don't reverence me? He said, they have lost their sense of, of sacredness. That's the word he used. He said, in this church, in anywhere two or three are gathered, I'm there. They must have a sense of sacredness because I'm there. It's a sense of sacredness because I'm there. So when you open my Bible, you should have it. The word is a sacred thing. You don't treat it commonly. We've lost our sense of sacredness. And because we are wrongly, we're focused on the things of this world. We've lost it. 
a reverence for Jesus. And it shows in, a, in a not having interest in doing what he said. Really not having interest. Luke 4, 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord? Calling me Lord. Lord, when you don't do what I say. Now, let me say something. God's definition of reverence is to do what he says. Period. God's definition of worship, whatever is do what I say. If that is lacking, your worship is waste of time. If you like, do programs and change your chairs. And move. He's not testing all of that. Because the only thing that shows that I have reverence for God, that he's God Almighty, is if I hear his voice, I don't harden my heart, I do what he says. That is called reverence for God. That's God's definition of faith in him. God's definition of reverence. God's definition of worship is to do what he says. Period. Anything else is, is on your, your, your own. Jesus said, you're calling me Lord, Lord, but you won't do what I say. You worship me, Lord, Lord, but if I say something, you won't do it. Matthew 15, 5. But you teach that it is permissible to say to your parents, when they are in financial need, whatever gift you will have received from me, I can keep for myself, since I dedicated it as an offering to God. This doesn't honor your father or mother. See what Jesus is saying. These days, I want you to know that the popular culture is lack of respect for parents. I'm telling you the truth. And Jesus said in verse, uh, he says, whatever gift you would have, I would have received from me, I can keep for myself since I dedicated it as an offering to God. This doesn't honor your father or mother, and you have elevated your tradition above the word of God. You don't want to do what God said. Verse 7 tells us the truth. Frauds and hypocrites. Isaiah described you perfectly well. He said, these people honor me only with their words. Their hearts doesn't highlight me. Their hearts are so very distant from me. It doesn't highlight me. Because if it highlights me, you will see them say, yes, Lord. The only highlight that shows that you highlighted God is yes, Lord. Period. Hebrew 5, 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleading with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayer because of his deep reverence to God. If God will lead me on Sunday, I will teach us to see that the word of God, doing it is not just only reverence. It's your life. Just your life. If God will lead me. It's your life. You don't do it. You just, you're just walking in death. And, and look at what Jesus said. John, John 8, 29. And he that sent me is with me. The manifest presence is with me. The Father had not left me alone. Why? For I do always, not sometimes, always those things that please me. I, I, I look at the life of my mentor, the man that God used to mentor me, and the man that anointed me for ministry already. Because I asked the Lord, I said, this man will not die until he places his hand on me. And I didn't know I would come to America. I was just in my office in America, in, in Lagos, asking God, I said, I need this man to commission me for ministry. And God brought me here. And it wasn't long I came. They said there was somebody ministering in Saraville. Now I know it's Saraville. I didn't know where I was. We were doing nothing. So we went. It was him in life. And when I saw him, my heart lit up in joy. I said, Lord, thank you. I didn't know that he would do what he did. He said, the Lord changed my message. He told me to call out pastors and lay hands on them. Guess who was the first person that ran there? I was the first person. I took off from my chair because I know I'm there's, look, there's anointing that can, can come from somebody upon you, save you years of work, if you know how God works. I ran. My wife followed me. We ran. This man put his hand on me. I said, Jesus, thank you. You answered my prayer. It wasn't long he died. And this man's life, he says something. 
He said, all my life. He said, if God ever says anything, that's my priority in life. He said, I'm not perfect, but I can say that 95% of my life I've obeyed him. And I can understand why somebody will not be in his house. It's not even home. And you visit his house, you open the gate, you fall under the anointing. I can understand why a diabetic person, we live with him for two, we say, eat anything you want, around me sickness doesn't work. Why? The anointing, the blessing rested upon him. Why? He honored God with all his life. He called him God, not only with mouth, with action. But God, God said, show me. John 8, 29. And he that sent me is with me. The father had not left me alone. Why? For I do always, always those things that please Always, or sometimes. I don't choose. He's the Lord. I'm telling you, brethren, present generation of Christians have lost their sense of sacredness. It's completely. And it's affecting us. Where is the power? Where is the glory? Can I again say it? He said, that's the move of God in generation we never see. They don't humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. So God will lift them up himself in glory. I want us to understand that doing the word of God is the ultimate spiritual experience. Ultimate spiritual experience is doing what God said. Isaiah 62, verse 2. Verse two. For all those things my hand has made, and all those things is it, says the Lord, but on this one will I look on him who is poor and of contract spirit and who trembles at my word. God said, this one I'm looking at. That person that respects me as God, that's faith. Faith is action. Jesus said, if I'm Lord, if you believe I'm Lord, do what I say. It's called faith. Not just to be healed and receive. No, no. It's called faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is. That's number one in faith. If he is, Jesus said, if I'm Lord, then do what I say. Yield to me. Let me read message of this translation, Isaiah 62. Too. I made all of this. I own all of this. God's decree. But there is something I'm looking for. <laughs> there is something I'm looking for. I told my wife, I said, look, he's not looking for a preacher, really. God needs preachers, so. I said, he's not looking for preachers. Paul said, I can preach this and be a castaway. He's not, he said, there's something I'm looking for. First, he's not looking for the man that has, you know, preachers. With, no, no, no. He said, there's something I'm looking for. First, God, what are you looking for? For a person, simple and plain, reverently responsive to what I say. He said, that's the person I'm looking for. And the other thing that reveals where our focus is, is the love we have. The love I have, the love you have, show what you highlight, where your focus is. Our sense of value moves our sense of priority and our love. Matthew 6:21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Whatever is my treasure is where my love will be. Nobody ever loved garbage unless you make money out of garbage. Whatever is your treasure. The Bible says, that's what your love, that's where your love is. If God becomes my treasure, bless it. That's where my love will be. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, but those who crave the wealth of this world slip into spiritual snares. They become trapped by the troubles that come through their foolish and harmful desires, driven by greed and drowning in their own sinful pleasures, and they take others down with them into their corruption and eventual destruction. Loving money is the first step into all kinds of trouble. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Craving more money pushes them away from the faith into error, compounding misery in their lives. 
Timothy, you are God's man, so run from all these errors. Instead, chase after true holiness, true justice, faithfulness, love, hope, tender humility. Say, Timothy, don't let money become the object of your love. If you focus on money as the blessing, you will love money and it will open the door for other things to wreak your life. Don't love money. Whatever you perceive as the blessing, be your treasure and your heart will be there. Say, Timothy, you are God's man. Don't make this mistake. Oh, Jesus said, if you call me, Lord, listen to my word. He's talking to all of us. Don't make this mistake. He says, it will ruin your life. Destroy you. It will choke out the love of God. He said, let me read it again. First Timothy 6, 9 to 11. I like this TPT. But those who crave the wealth of this world slip into spirituals. You know why a lot of people don't come for Bible studies, don't study the Bible? Money. It's money. I'm more money. Get a job. Get another job. Another job. Another job. Another job. It's real. They become trapped by the troubles that come through their foolish and harmful desires, driven by greed, drowning in their own sinful pleasures, and they take others down with them. Take people around them, people they influence. They take them down with bad, bad example. Take their family down, their children, land evil. They take their friends, everybody down with them. Or they are, they are bad example. They are prioritizing money over God. Does anybody do such a thing with his mind? And they take others down with them in their corruption and eventual destruction. Loving money is the first step towards all kinds of trouble. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Look at that. Craving more money pushes them away from the faith into error. Sure. Compounding misery in their lives. Jesus said, if I'm Lord, I'm your Lord. Listen to me. The love of this things will choke away the love of the Father. You won't love God. You can sing all you want to. Remember what I said? As far as God is concerned, worship <laughs> your Lord. Tell this, I, I love you, Jesus. Do what I said. Period. Do what I said. You know this pastor in Lagos? Chasing after this girl to sleep with her. When we have the manifest presence of God, it distinguishes you from people. And the, the man said, came to him to touch. He said, no, don't touch me. He said, but can we sleep together? The girl said, sure, no problem. Let's pray first. So the man was laughing. He said, you, you all of you, carry why I pray? I pray when you finish praying. This girl said in Jesus' name, the power of God hit the place. This man hit him on the floor. Today, he's a pastor of one of the biggest churches in Lagos. Because a, a girl upon whom the presence Rest all on the Father, say in Jesus' name. The president took this man like paper. Boom. All his pride dis- dis- disappeared in one second. He got up there, gave his life to Christ. Today is pastoring one of the biggest churches. You become a channel of influence. A channel of influence. Anywhere. Anywhere. Jesus said, My father walketh even now, and I walk. Anywhere. Anywhere. Even in prison. Become a channel of influence. But we have to focus on him, his word. And be sincere in our heart. Don't, don't gloss over this. Sense. Be sincere in your heart. It will show up in your prayer. When you go to him like Paul, say, Lord, I want to know you. I really want to know you. I'm done with all this half-measure Christianity. This life is yours. You see, and if you don't really focus properly on him, you won't know him. You'll be looking in the wrong place, you won't know him. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But those who are not listening, even what they think they understand, will be taken away from them. Said, if you think you know, if God said that, I will take it away from them. Because you are not using it. So we can't know God if we are. Ignorance is one sure sign that you are not highlighting God in your heart. You are highlighting something else. And look at the danger of that in Hosea 4 says, My people are being destroyed 
because they don't know me. Brethren, isn't it the main source that people are destroyed because they don't know God? Is it not what God says? Shouldn't we really want to know God and solve this problem of not knowing him? Since you, you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as priests. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Matthew 22, 29, Jesus replied, you mistake, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Hebrews 3, 30. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and say, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Do you know that even if God blesses you with money, if you are ignorant of God, you will abuse it. Anything you have and you are ignorant of divine God, divine personality and control will be subject to abuse because your flesh will control it. You know the prodigal son? He took the father's blessing and subjected it to the control of his flesh, abused it, and ended up eating with pigs. But when he came back to his senses, he said, my father. His focus changed. My father. I'm going back to my father. That change of focus brought him back to glory. But when he said, I don't need my father. Give me what is mine. Let me live here. I don't like. You know, some people say, come to church all the time. Church, 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 church. I've lived so many years as a Christian. That's, that's prodigal son mentality. You will collect and leave and finish yourself. I've lived like that many years. Jefferson Franklin said it. said to the father every time, church, 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 I'm not going again. He went to do drugs. Nobody told him to come back. Billy Graham's son did the same thing. He said, church, church, every time, church, church, church. I'm not doing it again. Prodigal son mentality, he left drugs, drugs. Today he's preaching on fire. After he's ruined his years, Proper focus will keep you a step with his presence. And then you will experience the glory of God. Something more glorious, more precious and good. You not only will be drenched with the rain of blessings, but you will be a person of tremendous influence. Your words will be power. Your words will be wisdom. Action will bring people out of destruction to life. You will be a channel through which he saves life, builds life. And you know the most important thing any man wants is life. Until you are sick and you are dying, you know that life is more precious than money. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Precious Father, I want to thank you and give you praise and glory for what you have taught us. We need to be properly focused. This is not a dress rehearsal. Our years are going. Our years are passing. Opportunities are passing. But help us not to waste our days. But to properly focus so that we can become channels of divine flow that will bring great influence of life, restoring people, bringing healing, laying hands on the sick, rebuking the devil, setting people free, channels of blessing, that our joy will be full and your name will be glorified. It's not about us, Lord. It's about you. You are Lord. You say, why don't you do what I say? Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray.